0: Turning your Bibles tonight, if you would, to Mark chapter 4, and uh, we're going to get right into the Word tonight, and we're going to have fun, and uh, I believe that tonight God is going to meet you where you're at. The Bible says in Isaiah uh, that we can call upon the name of the Lord while He is near, to seek the Lord while He may be found, to call upon the name of the Lord while He is near. That's, that scripture tells me this. That scripture tells me that there are literally seasons and times when God is actually closer to us. Uh, Psalm 116 says, he bends low to hear our prayer. Uh, how many of you guys think that's a cool thing, that God would bend low to hear our prayer? Well, I believe that tonight is one of those nights, and so hopefully you came with an open mind and open heart, and you're ready to receive what God says in his word tonight. Mark chapter 4, going to start in verse 30, and we're going to read a lot of it tonight. We're going to read through chapter 5, and uh, we'll just see where we end tonight. Mark chapter 4, starting in verse, you know, we'll start in verse 33. With many such parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples he explained everything. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. I want you to just highlight that in your mind. Let us cross over to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat just as he was. And other boats were with them. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling with water. But he was in the stern, or in the back of the boat, on a cushion. He was asleep, and they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? And he awoke, and he rebuked the wind and the sea, said, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this? That even the wind and the sea obey Him. Chapter 5, verse 1. They came to the other side of the sea to the country. Gadareans. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met Him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with chain. For he, he, was, he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart and broke the shackles to pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs, on the mountains, he was always crying out, cutting himself with stones. And When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran, fell down before him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you, by God, do not torment me. For he was saying to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word tonight. God, we thank you that your word is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. God, I pray that tonight, God, I would not communicate my thoughts God, I would not communicate my words, but Lord, I pray that tonight I would communicate your thoughts, and I would communicate your words, because God, we believe that God, your word, God, is the only thing that can change a circumstance, can change a situation, can change a life. So Lord, tonight, speak clearly to us, I pray, in Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. We just finished, or or tonight we could say we're concluding it, but we just finished a series uh, entitled, He Is... And in that series, we've been looking at the nature of God. We've been looking at the attributes of God. We looked and, and we saw that God is holy. And the whole point of our series was we were looking at the attributes, which are called the, the, the moral attributes of God, which are the attributes he wants to share with us. So we were looking at the things that he wants us to become. And we started out by looking about how God is holy because God wants you and I to be holy. And then we looked at how God is love and how we are to not just show that love, but we're to become that love to our community and and to those around us. We looked at how God is is righteous and that we can live righteously here on earth through the power of Jesus Christ. And then then last week, my wife talked about how God is faithful. Well, tonight I want to conclude that whole thought about who is he or or who he is. This passage that we read tonight has so many, so many things in it uh, that we could talk about Uh, But there's a couple of things I want you to highlight, and then we're going to get right into it. And that is this phrase that he said in verse 35, let us cross over to go to the other side. Let us cross over to go to the other side. How many know that where you're at right now is not where God intends you to be forever? That where you're at right now, and I don't just mean physical location, I'm not talking about San Diego and your mind's turning, oh no, God, where are you going to move me? Please don't let it be Alaska, okay? Or Antarctic, or whatever. But how many of you guys love San Diego, It's so beautiful here. Isn't God good to us? But I I want to talk to you about how God doesn't want you to stay where you're at spiritually. God doesn't want you to stay where you're at right now, even with your character. He wants you to grow. He wants you to increase. In other words, he wants you to go to the other side. Why does he want you to go to the other side? Because he knows that there's something better for you on the other side. So I want you to highlight that phrase. I also want you to notice this, that, that something happens in the process of their journey, and we're going to get into that tonight. But at the end of it, when Jesus stands up and he rebukes the wind and talks to the sea and all that stuff, they they have this question. And the question is this, is who is this? Or or who is he? Who in the world is this guy that we've been hanging out with? Who in the world is this person we've talked about for the last month? Who is he? And then lastly, this phrase that we see in verse 7 of chapter 5 that says, Jesus, Son of the Most High God. I believe that God wants you to go to a new level no matter where you're at. Maybe you're here tonight and you're a seeker and you're not, you're not a Christ follower, that God wants you to become a Christ follower. Or maybe you're here tonight and you are a Christ follower, that God wants you to continue on in that journey and explore him even more and discover him even more. Why is that? Because God's got a great plan and destiny for your life, and the more you know him, the more you can fulfill that. You see, God never intended us to stay where we're at. You see, it played out every day in every circumstance and situation. On your job, how many of you guys want to stay on your job exactly where you're at, making the exact same amount of money for the rest of your life? Nobody. You want to grow. You want to see increase. I mean, how many of you guys, you know, you just maybe, uh, maybe you, uh, I don't know, think back to your high school years. How many of you guys would just have loved to be a junior for the rest of your life? Maybe you would have. I don't know. But, you know, there's always progression. There's always something that, that, that you're moving forward into. The greatest example of that, to me, is a relationship okay, and and a relationship with a man and a woman, okay, and I think back to uh, uh, my relationship with my wife, and and if I was just to stay where we were at when we were dating, that would be weird, okay, all right, because see what happens when you stay in one place too long, it becomes common to you, and God does not want your relationship with him to be common, Why? Because God doesn't want you to live a common life. And the problem is if we have a a perspective of him that that he's just our buddy or, or, or it's just a common relationship, all of a sudden now we just begin to live common. I think back about my relationship with my wife and, you know, I still remember the first time I saw her. And I remember walking in and she had those Daisy Dukes on. Don't picture that too long. I'll kill you. All right. I remember, and she was wearing a sweater with it that did not match at all, but it didn't matter. Because she had, it didn't, did it? It was just, yeah. <laughs> but it didn't matter because her eyes are just so gorgeous, you know. It's kind of funny because my wife has two different colored eyes, and I actually didn't uh, realize that for a couple weeks. And uh, I remember I was sharing that when the first time I met uh, her father, Rocky, I remember I was talking with him and, and I was kind of, yeah, you know, yeah, she's great, whatever, you know, it's crazy, you know, I didn't notice she had, she had two different colored eyes for, for two weeks and he looks at me and goes, well, what were you looking at then? Personality, you know, she's got a great personality, Why, what are you thinking, you know, And I remember when we started in our relationship, you know, it was just enough for me to come and see her, and that was just, like, enough to be like, wow, she's amazing, you know? But then I went from just, you know, coming and talking with her, seeing, I still remember that first time that I held her hand. And it was just like, you know, you you can graduate from just talking, and all of a sudden there's just that little brush of the hand, you know, and then it's just like the the grasp, and it's just like, wow! How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? You've been in a relationship before. How many you guys wish you knew what I was saying Oh um, Gosh, I don't want that. Yeah. But I remember then going from the, the handheld, and it was just like, I mean, we, I mean, it didn't matter. We could be walking through the park. We could be walking through the mall. We could just be whatever, just sitting there holding hand. It. it was just like so amazing to hold her hand. But can I tell you, like maybe the 30th time of holding her hand, it was just kind of like whatever. Yeah. Just, you know, you just, it becomes common. Like, okay, yeah, let's hold hands, you know. Walk through the mall, you know. But then there's that first time when you, when you graduate from the holding of hands to the putting your arm around her. You all remember that one? No? Still getting there? You're still in the handhold. And I remember that, you know, and it was just like, you know, like you kind of leave the hand, you're in the theater, you know, and I don't know, some people are smooth about it, you know, and, you know, I was just like, you know. And just that initial just like, wow, you know, it's awesome, you know, and it just creates those, those, those butterflies and those feelings inside of you. And it's just like, this is it, you know, this is awesome. But how many know about about the 30th time I put my arm around it, it was just like, yo, what up, you know, this didn't do much for me. You know, why? Because it had become common. Are you with me? You know, and, and, and then, then there was the, the first kiss and I didn't kiss my wife until we got married let chew on that one for a while. She wasn't my wife until we got married either, but anyway, you'll figure it out later. But I remember going from that first, you know, and then, and then, and then we kissed, and it was just like, wow! You know? And it was just like, if you, if you did it too long, it's, it's not going to be a good thing. Are you with me? All right? So you run home, take the cold shower. You all with me? Or does anyone ever use that one? You know? And, you know, but how many of you guys know that that would be weird if, 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 if that's all we stayed at? Okay? And so there's this progression. We went from, you know, the talking to the hand-holding to the arm to the kissing. But then when I got married, a whole new world, I graduated. But how many know that's a good thing, okay? And for all the single people here tonight, just get a big eraser and just start scrubbing your brain, okay? But that was like, you know, we, there was this progression, and, 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 and you know what I'm, are you with me tonight? God wants to take you on a progression in a relationship with Him. He does not just want you to stay at attending a service once a week. He does not just want you to come in and sit down and be like, can I be honest with you, for some people that's enough. It's like, wow, that was a great service, and somehow that carries you through to the next church service that you attend. But you know what? God wants a deeper, more intimate relationship with you so that when you wake up the next morning, it's like, man, God, let's talk. Let, let, let's read our Bible. You know, let's, let's discuss things, God. Are you with me tonight? And God does not want your relationship with him to become common. He wants to continue taking you on this journey. Are you with me tonight? Because see what happens, if, if you treat your relationship with God as common, all of a sudden you begin to live a common life. And I believe God wants more for you. That would be a great part to be like, yeah, totally, you know. <laughs> I believe God wants, wants to do more in your life. I believe God wants you to enter your dream and walk in that dream. I believe God wants to provide financially for that dream. I believe God wants to bring you the right man to marry. Yeah. No takers, okay. I believe God wants to bring you the white woman to marry. Yeah. See, the guys are like, dear God, please, you know. <laughs> I'm dying here. <laughs> okay. God wants you to enter your... God wants you to fulfill that. Are you with me tonight? He doesn't want you to live a common life. It's scary when your relationship with God becomes common. It's scary. And we're going to talk about it here for a few minutes. It's scary. What does the word common mean? The word word common means belonging equally or to be shared equally. It means average, not distinguished by noteworthy characteristics. It's just common. You can think about, you know, things common, household, pet. You know, you're not going to walk into too many houses and be like, oh, there's a lion. Wow. You walk in, you see the cat, you see the dog, you see the bird, and then for the weird people, you see a snake or something. But just kidding. There's, there's the things that are common and you just, you're just used to seeing it. How many know when you walk, matter of fact, we were at the art festival and these people had, I think they were lynx. Not like lynx, like, but like those cats, you know, that you should never own. Yeah. These people were walking, they had them on their shoulders. There were baby ones, but I was just like, that is weird, okay? Because they're going to get big, and then they're going to eat you. So I don't want one of those. I got a toy poodle. It's about this big. It's not going to get any bigger. I never have to worry about it eating me, all right? Things that are common. Things that are common. Why why does God become common to us? There's a lot of reasons why God becomes common to us. I believe one of the reasons God becomes common to us is because we can't understand Him. We can't wrap our mind around Him. And so so now we try to bring God down to our level. And we do it all the time. It started way back in Genesis chapter 11 when they built something called the Tower of Babel. They said, hey, let's build a tower for ourselves that reaches to heaven. Okay? It actually started before that. When Eve was lied to, it said, Hey, eat this, you'll become just like God. And so there's this desire, you know, because we can't wrap our mind, so we try to bring God down to our level. How do we do it today? We do it today by living by our own set of morals. Because God's standard, man, I don't know if I can live up to that. You can't. That's why Jesus Christ died on the cross. And that's why His grace is upon you, because you are who you are by the grace of God. His grace is uh, sufficient for your life, okay? But we don't like that necessarily, and so we begin to lower the standards. And so we begin to think that, you know, sex outside of marriage is okay. We begin to think that, you know, are you with me tonight? Okay, and we're going to talk about all that in the Uncensored series, so I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but... And so we try to bring God down to our level, and we've seen it ever since the beginning of time. But not only do we do that, but a lot of times we just, we just get so caught up in ourselves that, that God is there. It's kind of like the common cold. That thing that just comes once a year, you with me? It's there and it nags you for a couple weeks, and then it's gone. For some people, that's God in their life. He's there, Easter and Christmas, it nags me for a while, and then I forget about it. Are you with me tonight? So God becomes, God becomes common to us, and, and you can even see it in Genesis 32. Write that one down. We don't have time to go there, go there tonight. It's funny because I had opportunity uh, to travel quite a bit the last uh, four years of my life, and I would go to different places, and, and uh, when I'd be speaking at these places, I mean, you, you can go into some churches, and you see the, the, you know, the, the typical picture of Jesus, you know, and then the white churches, you, you go to the white church, and he's always white with blonde hair, blue eyes, and a lamb around his shoulder. You know, you've seen that one before? Okay. You know? But it's funny because I was, I was, I was at a black church one time, and there I looked, and there was Jesus with like, with like jerry curls and like, like soul glow in his hair. You know, are you with me? And I was just like, wow, who is that? And they're like, dude, that's Jesus. And I'm like, sorry. You know? You know? And then I had a chance to preach in, in Mexico one time, and there he was with a big sombrero on his head. I was like... Who's that? And they're like, Jesus. I'm like, yeah, okay, you know. I guess the lamb should have, should have gave it away, but I missed that. <laughs> you have to ask yourself a question sometimes. Why are we not seeing the breakthroughs in our life that we want to see? Why are we not seeing the financial breakthroughs? Why are we not seeing the, the health breakthroughs? Why are we not seeing the relational breakthroughs? Why are these things not happening in our life? Is it because God's become common to us? Is it because that, that, yeah, God is there, but he's just my buddy. You with me tonight? Let's look at the Bible. Let's, let's just unpack this story, okay? I love, I love this story, and I, I just want to jump right right into this, this one part right here. It says, let's go cross over to the other side. I believe that tonight... That that as we conclude this series, that God is calling us to the other side. That God is calling us to go higher. That God is calling us to go further. that, That He wants you to cross over. But there's something so significant about crossing over. It's when you begin to cross over. It's when you begin to go on that journey. How do you know you're heading in the right direction? You know you're heading in the right direction because oftentimes you'll experience conflict. You'll experience things coming against you. Okay? Why is that? I'll tell you why that is. Because the enemy doesn't want you to cross over. If, if life is just smooth sailing all the time and you're just, you know, kicked back and you never experience any conflict or resistance, you might want to check your relationship with God. Really? That's a bummer. <laughs> I don't want to be a Christian. Well, well, we'll talk about that a little more too, okay? These guys get in the boat, they're going on a journey, and in the middle of their journey, okay, now you have to see something. Right before they went on the journey, look at what it says in verse 34. It says he did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples he explained what? Everything. He explained everything. It doesn't just say he explained some things, a couple of things. They've got to understand something. Up until this point, they have seen Jesus do tons of miracles. They have seen him raise dead, heal the sick, do great things. They've seen this with their own eyes. But not only that, when they're alone with him, they get everything explained to him. That's pretty cool. But even though they had everything explained to them, even though they've seen all these things, in the middle of their storm, they still have great fear. Now, I'm sure we could look around this room tonight, and everybody here is facing something. You're facing, maybe you're looking at the economy, and you're like, man, things need to change. There There are actually a lot of paranoid people right now with the swine flu. I know you might be sitting here tonight like, whatever. But there are a lot of paranoid people right now. You know, they're shutting down schools in San Diego. Okay, there's a lot of people out there, and this is a big deal to some people, okay? Maybe it's a health issue, maybe it's finances, maybe it's relational, whatever it is, okay? You're facing, okay, you've got to catch this tonight. I believe this, that if you get through this and get to the other side, God's got something great for you. God has got something great for you. See, this journey that they were on was not so much about a natural journey as, as much as it was a spiritual journey. He wanted them to cross over because they knew him as something over here, but they wanted, he wanted them to know as something over on this side, okay? And so here he is. He explains all things to them, and then he says, hey, guys, you know, I've got an idea. What's the idea? Let's, let's get in the boat, and let's cross over, and let's go to the other side. How many of you guys love to travel? Am I the only one that loves to travel? I love to travel. Now, I, I, I love to travel. Well, I used to love to travel. I love to travel as long as I don't get stuck in the, in the, in the airplane where the seats are really close. Because i got long legs, all right? That's uncomfortable. But traveling is so... Why is traveling so much fun? There's a lot of reasons why traveling is fun. I believe the greatest reason why traveling is so fun is because it takes you out of what has become common and it takes you to another place. People, when they, when they want to go on vacation, it's not like, hey, let's take a vacation. Oh, well, what do you want to do? Let's hang out in our backyard for a week. I mean, that's yeah, let's just hang out. Okay. You usually want to get away and go somewhere else, right? Why? Because it takes you out of a common element, and it takes you to this place where, man, you can now relax, or you can go explore, or you can do all this stuff, and, and it's, it's fun. Are you with me? And then you get back, and you're like, need a vacation from your vacation, That's why traveling is fun, is because it takes you out of what has become common. And here, you got to see this, because you're going to catch this here in a minute. Here, I believe that the disciples had begun to view Jesus as common. They saw him as common. Why, Why do you believe that? Now look what happens. They get in the boat. They begin to journey. They begin to cross over. Okay. Other boats were with them, and a great windstorm arises. And the waves were breaking into the boat, okay? Conflict is coming, okay? Now, just a side note. Anytime you're studying the Bible, anytime you see boat in the Bible, it's, it's representative of the church, okay? So in essence, we could say this, that now the waves were crashing into the church. Things were coming. Conflict is arising. Things are coming in inside, okay? Now, we know that you and I are the church, okay? How many of you guys have ever experienced some turmoil, some conflict in your life? Okay? Things coming in, outside circumstances coming in. They're traveling. They're going to, this is happening. But Jesus was in the stern, or the back of the boat, asleep. Okay, now listen to me tonight. They had Jesus in the boat, but he had become so common to them that he was asleep in the back. Remember, the boat is the, church. Jesus is in the church, but he's in the back of the church. And not only is he in the back of the church, but he's asleep. So now here are the disciples, here are the people, and they're left to, to, to steer this thing. They're left to direct this thing. They're left to do this thing. Last time I checked my Bible, Jesus is to be the chief cornerstone of the church. And we're to build everything we do up on that foundation. Are you with me tonight? We were never meant to come up with all these great ideas. We were never meant to come up with all this. Hey, we should try this. Now, it's okay to try things. It's okay to come up with ideas. Okay, listen to me tonight. But if Jesus is in the back of the boat asleep, none of your ideas will work. None of your plans will work. None of your ministries will work. Are you with me? He's there, but he's asleep. I believe that in the church today, we are literally in a place where, where, where we cannot look. See, for a long time, we could look to the economy. For a long time, we could look to this thing or that thing. But we are in a place as a nation right now where the, you can't look to anything other than God. And I believe this. I believe the church is at a place right now where we could be in this boat and things are crashing, things are coming in. Morals are, Our morals are being questioned, and, and this is being done, and that's being done, and this is happening, and that's whatever it is. It's happening, and it's not just happening on the outside. Look, it's okay if those things are happening on the outside. Are you with me? We don't care, right? But once they begin to affect us, and I'm telling you right now, the church is being affected by a lot of things, and I believe it's time that we begin to turn back towards Jesus, and we begin to, are you with me tonight? We begin to preach Jesus Christ, Him crucified, not our ideas, not, not, not what we think is a good thing to do, okay? When we talk, when we go into this uncensored series here in just a little bit, we are not going to give you our opinion. We're going to talk about some deep issues. We're going to talk about homosexuality. And what does the Bible say about homosexuality? How many of you guys would like to know what the Bible says? Okay, two of us, fantastic. It'll be me and you, buddy. We're going to talk about things like divorce. We're going to talk about, about things like sex. We're going to talk about things like politics and war and, and what's happening out there. And what does the Bible really say about these things? Okay, we're, I'm not going to come up here and say, well, here's what I think. I'm just going to get up here and say, here's what the Bible says. That way you can't get mad at me and throw things at me. Okay? You throw it at the Bible. Okay? I'm just reading it, telling you what it says. Okay? Are you with me? Get mad at God. Okay? That's a long throw, but you can do it, maybe. Cross over, go to the other side. I believe that, that Jesus had become common to them. Why do I believe that? Let's, let's continue on in the story. They see these things happening and they, and they quickly go. Well, not quickly, because it says now the boat was filling, so it wasn't that quick. But now they go and they go and wake up. And they don't say, Hey, Jesus, wake up. They don't go say, Hey, Son of God, wake up. They don't go and say, hey, you that can actually do something, wake up. They say these words. They say to him, teacher, do you not care that we're about to die? Do you not care that we are going under? This doesn't look good. Okay. He gets up, and what does he do? He rebukes the wind, calms the sea, says, hey, stop it, and it's done. And their first response is, Who is this? That one question right there goes all the way back to verse 36. Look at verse 36. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat just as he is? No, look at your Bible. It says, they took him in the boat just as he was. God had become calm and look at this now. What was he just a minute ago? He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples, he explained everything. What was he? He was the teacher. The Bible says that they took Jesus along in the boat just as he was. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. You know that God has become common in your life if you are not looking at him as he is, but you're looking at him as he was. When you begin to look at God as who he was, well, yeah, I know that God can heal because I remember that God healed my, my mom way back then. And so, yeah, he's the healer, but I'm not, I don't need a healer right now. I need a provider. And I don't, I don't know if he can do that. He was a healer, but, but I'm not... They go and they wake him up and they say, teacher. And you might think, well, yeah, I mean, come on, he's their teacher. That same exact word, that same exact term, that same exact name was used for every other rabbi of that time. So this was not a term of like, oh, you are the master teacher. This was just simply, teacher, hey, can you grab a bucket and start filling out some water too? We could use another hand. I mean, they are bailing water out of the boat. And they're looking at them. We're losing this. Let's get one more person to get over here and bail. They did not wake him up expecting for him to calm the waves and the sea. How do I know that? Because they stepped back and they said, wow! I just went from a handheld to an arm around her. This is what's happening to these people right now. Wow! Now, I don't know how that could be, you know? I mean, I saw him heal some people. I saw him raise some people. He taught us really well, but now actually the wind and the waves obey him too. Who is this? And I have a question for you tonight. As you are in your boat, as you are crossing over on your journey, as you're heading that direction, listen to me tonight. I believe this with all my heart. Let's say the boat does not represent tonight the church. Let's say it represents so many other things personally to you. Maybe it represents a relationship. Whether that's a relationship or whether it's a marriage, let's say it represents that. Can I tell you something tonight? The best thing you could do in your marriage is wake Jesus up in your marriage. Maybe it's finances. Maybe you're looking at your finances and you're like, wow, this really is bad. The best thing you could do is begin to wake Jesus up in your finances. Because you might not say a word to hear me tonight, but you might look at, and I'm telling you right now, if you look at your finances and you are in fear, you have now become common with God. Because when I read my Bible, He's Jehovah Jireh, my provider. And He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So it's not something He was, it's something He is. And so now I don't need to have fear about my finances. Maybe it's back to the marriage and you're looking at your marriage and you're thinking, man, this, this thing's over. Maybe it's, maybe it's a relationship heading towards marriage. You think, man, this thing's over. It's horrible. The best thing you can do is wake Jesus up because the Bible tells me what God has brought together, let no man tear apart. But you've got to wake Jesus up. See, I believe this with all my heart. I believe this. If you, could, if you just, just spend, I'm telling you right now, if you could just spend 20 minutes a day in conversation with Jesus your life would be so much better. That sounds so simplistic. Is that the kind of church you are? Yeah. Absolutely. I, we, we complicate so many things. We complicate. I was doing, I'm doing some premarital counselings right now because we got people getting married and I love that because then they're going to have babies and the church is going to grow one way or the other. It's awesome. They say they're on the five-year plan but I'm like, God, give them children in six months. Hmm. My prayers are more powerful than yours. Six months, Jesus. Three months, God. You know. Yeah, it's cool. Kids are wonderful. And I'm doing these premarital counselings, and, and, and this last week, man, I, I, was just, I was just looking at them, and I, I, can't remember, I think we were talking about roles in the relationship, and, and we kind of talked about that, and I think, I think premarital counseling is good. Although, can I say this? My parents have been married 51 years, and I said, Mom, Dad, who did your premarital counseling? And they said, premarital counseling didn't exist 51 years ago. <laughs> I was like, wow, and you guys are still married, <laughs> you know? What would you guys do? Just loved each other, <laughs> prayed, you know, didn't give up. And so I'm sitting there and I'm doing these premarital counseling. will so say just, I just got to this point where I'm like, guys, look, I could tell you all this stuff, you know, and, and some of it's good, but you know what? I, it just, it's just coming from my driveway. It's my perspective, you know. And, you know, it's, it's good. But I just looked at him and I said, you know what? Let me, let me tell you what your role in this relationship is. Pray together for 20 minutes a day. Really? That's it? Yeah, if you just do that, you'll, you'll, you'll figure things out. Honestly. But I realized something. That's not just true for marriage. That's true for everything in life. Jesus really is the way, the truth, the life. Did you hear that? Jesus really is the way, the truth, the life. That's it. I mean, I could have got up tonight and just said, hey, Jesus Christ is Lord. Let's pray. Let's go home. Oh, that was deep, man. I feel that one. But can I be honest? That's how easy it is. But I believe that for some of us, we're like the disciples, and man, we're so excited to travel. Going to the other side. So exciting. I'm just going to grow with God, and just it's going to be awesome. And all of a sudden, conflict comes. You're like, he didn't tell us about this at all. And then you get really ticked off when you look and he's sleeping. He's like, what? But they go, and they wake him up, And they don't wake him up with really any any expectation other than help. And Jesus steps up and he tells the circumstances to stop. You want to wake Jesus up in your life. He tells the circumstances to stop, but he doesn't... Then he turns to the disciples and he says, Hey, when did I become common to you? He said, Hey, why do you have such little faith? In other words, can I be honest with you? I believe this with all my heart that really Jesus did what he really wanted them to do but they couldn't do it because they brought him along as he was not as he is. Because was is past tense. Is is now. And I'm telling you, if you get God Now, Every moment of your day, every moment when you go to work, in your marriage, in your relationships, in your finances, on your job, if you get God now, is right now, that you can just begin to mow through circumstances. You can just begin to mow through conflict. Why? Because I got him right now. He's not calming to me, man. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Shalom. He's Jehovah, you know, whatever. (laughs) I like that one. That's my favorite one. You're Jehovah whatever. Just he's the great I am. He's whatever you need all the time, every day. And I believe that God is looking at some of us tonight saying, Hey, why am I calming to you? Why do you have such little faith? What's going on? Come on, you can do this. You can make it through this season of your life. Just wake me up. You can make it through this season. You can make it through this circle. You can make it through the economy right now. Listen to me. We are the light of the world. Right now, I'm telling you, God is going to set churches up in such a way where people are going to come to church and say, hey, yo, I need some money. And we're going to be like, okay, how much you need? I believe that. I believe that God is going to set the church up, and I mean the church of Jesus Christ worldwide, in such a way that when people are are facing conflict, they're facing, can I tell you something? Uh, we we just got back from this conference and God has been speaking so much to us and there is so much going on in our world right now. And can I tell you something? Sometimes churches jump on the social justice bandwagon because they think it's a cool thing to do. Can I tell you something? Social justice is not a cool thing to do. It's the right thing to do as a church. It's not just something we should allow parachurch organizations to do. Oh yeah, that's for them. They can do that. We are to be involved in every single area of life. You hear me tonight? Here they are. They're in the boat. And, and, and they wake they wake Jesus up. And the question is, who is this? And I, I got a question for you tonight. Do you know him? Do you know him? Or has he become has he become common to you? Has he become has he become a fifteen minute devotional to you? Has he become an hour and 15 minutes on a weekend to you? Has he become maybe just someone you do contact in a time of need? Or is he really the Lord and Savior of your life? Is he really big enough to get you through what you, you got going on? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he really is. You just you just gotta turn. Who is this? Now check this out because this part blows my mind. They get to the other side, they get out of the boat. And as if the storm wasn't bad enough, the very first person they encounter is a man that is demon-possessed. We're going to talk about that, too, in our Uncensored series. Does that really happen? Well, it was in the Bible. If it was in the Bible, I believe it really can't happen. How many know that's not, that's not like the first thing you want to encounter? I mean, they're excited to go to their side. They get this storm. They're freaking out. Finally, they get there. And then the first thing that happens is they encounter this demon-possessed man. But check out what happens. Check this out. It describes this man. This man is not a friendly individual. He's not, he's not the greeter at the door of the church. At least, hopefully not of this church, you know. But this is the first guy that greets him. And this guy is so depressed, so down that the Bible says he's cutting himself. He can't deal with the internal pain, so he, he causes external pain because that's so much easier to deal with than internal pain because I can see the external pain. Jesus comes and approaches him. The Bible says that the man runs and falls down before Jesus. And he says these words What do you have to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High? god here's the disciples in the boat the guys that hang out with him the guys that are his buddy the guys that have seen him do the miracles the guys that are like with him all the time remember they're the guys that have all things explained to them. are you with me tonight and they ask the question who is this they get to the other side they encounter a man who 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 knows nothing about what he's done and he says jesus son of the most high god let me ask you a question tonight. Do you remember that first encounter with God? Do you remember that first time when you realized who He was and who He is? Do you remember that first time when you maybe said a prayer and said, yeah, Jesus, be, be Lord and Savior of my life? Do you remember? Do, do you remember? Let me go back to the example of the relationship. Do, do I remember that first embrace? Yeah. Wow. It was like amazing. But I believe sometimes in our journey with God that we get to this place where it becomes common to us. And we look at him and we're like, God, I don't, even, I don't even know who you are. Who is this? I mean, who is this miracle worker? Who is this? See, I believe this. I believe sometimes we need to have a flashback. We need to remember what life was like before Jesus. And remember our life before Jesus. And remember that moment you encountered Jesus and say, thank God I am not that person anymore. It's at that moment you can find yourself in the place of this demoniac and say, "Wow, Jesus, Son of the Most High God. Jesus, Son of the Most High God. Jesus, has God become common to you? Has, has God become average? Has God become a, not distinguished by noteworthy characteristics?" Where is he in your life tonight? Has he become common? Have we reduced him down to a devotional? Have we reduced him down to a church service? Have we reduced him down? Have we, have we made him common? I believe that tonight you are in that boat. And I believe that tonight there are things that might even be coming against you. But right now the best thing you could do is begin to wake him up. Because I still believe in a God who can heal the sick. I still believe in a God who can mend marriages. I still believe in a God who can cure terminal illnesses. I still believe in a God who can do creative miracles. I still believe, listen to me, we cannot allow our church or our churches to become so, so creative that we create God right out of the scenario. We cannot become churches or or a church that that becomes so worship-centered, worship-oriented, that while the worship was so amazing tonight that we worship God right out of the scenario. We cannot become a church that is, that is so built on, 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 on the pastor, on the leader, where, man, pastor, you preached a great word, that we preach God out of the church. We cannot become churches that, that we become so centered on a program or an idea or, or, or some, some, some thought that now we've thought God right out of the whole entire church. And now we're not built on on the cornerstone of Jesus Christ, but we're built on a man that can bring a good message. We're built on a band that can, man, they sounded so good tonight. We're built on a creative team that, wow, did you see the the thing they put on tonight? We cannot, because if we do that, God has now become common in our lives. And when God becomes common in our lives, there is no more power. When there's no more power, there's no more miracles, there's no more saved marriages. There's no more supernatural finances. Is the first thing you do, is it go to God? Or does it go to people? I still believe. And I believe so strongly tonight. I've been praying for you by name. This week I've been praying. I've been fasting. I believe that there is an encounter with God for you tonight. And it doesn't come as I preach more. It doesn't come as I I shovel things down you more. It doesn't come, hey, let's just, you know, sing one more song. It comes when you begin to wake Jesus up in your life. And you, not one time, not two times, but every day have an encounter with Jesus Christ. Listen to me. This church will not be built on what we do on the weekends. This church will not be built on a, on a man. i got to bring a really good message for him today. Look, we will do our best. And we'll do our best to make it practical. And, and we'll do our best to make it so you can live it out throughout the week. But listen to me tonight. I've seen it. I, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just wrestling a lot of things right now personally. And I've seen it happen where people go to church to get inspired. Man, be inspired in church because it's an inspirational place. But they get inspired and then they don't live anything out, and they barely get to Sunday, and they get inspired again. That is not the life that Jesus intended for you. God intended for you, man. When you don't feel inspired, you got sleep still in your eyes. Grab your Bible, grab it open. I got my little iPhone. I got the Bible on the iPhone. So, I don't even have to get out of bed and turn the light on because it's got the built in light, you know. I just lay there and turn it on. Look. Let the eyes adjust <laughs> for about 10 minutes. And I just begin to read. And the one little app I got, I love the iPhone applications. It's so cool. It's got the daily Bible reading plan. I just push a button, and there it is. Man, I read the Bible. And it's so awesome. I really believe that this is what our life is built on. I do. I really believe that God has a miracle for you tonight. Stand to your feet, close your eyes. God, we thank you for tonight. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. God, you're amazing. Just close your eyes me. I want you to think about where you're at with God tonight. I want you to think about your relationship with God, and I wish, we, I wish we had more time. But I want you to think about where you're at with God tonight. I want you to think about who He is to you. Because I'm telling you right now, who He is to you, He wants to be so much more. Stop taking God along as He was, and bring Him along as He is.